Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with okay. Kyle and Sean no It was teaching, not the greatest, okay. I will give you that But I think it'll be serviceable <laughs> I'm just like the fucking worst about that, man The worst well, Anyways you started talking, uh, you brought up the Caped Podcasters episode where you guys, you recorded for three hours because notoriously, if anybody's ever recorded with them, it's approximately three times longer than the episode actually is because mm-hmm. they are great. They've got clickers. They've got everything. So, you know, you got to come with one of them stadium bags that you piss into. Like you just <laughs> hook that up to your Johansson. That's, your squ- that's called a mason jar in my household. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, hook that right up to your Scarlett Johansson, and uh, yeah, strapping for a ride. So, anyways, you recorded for three hours, and then you had to do it again. Yeah, I think like do more to like what you said. There was a lot of like ancillary things. The the caped boys are very much perfectionist. Although I should say the beer me boys now, uh, very much perfectionists in their crafts. Uh, which is something that we do not bring to the game. No. Um, what you famously, see is what you get. <laughs> we are we are seat of the pants gentlemen here, and I like it. We fly by wire. Like or, if I remember that somebody it. coughed, I'll get it out of there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Good luck. Possibly. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it was similar to that. Uh, overall, I think we were together for like three, three and a half hours talking about uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. That's the one and you I, like, right? I absolutely love it. That's why we talked about it for three hours, uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, but in all seriousness, that's the one that you don't like? I fucking hate Last Jedi. It's my least favorite one. Does it? Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that you had to talk about that movie twice? <laughs> it didn't help. Didn't help. Like I, I also feel rewatched like, it for that episode. And, uh, uh, I feel like there's just more resentments towards this movie that there's like a lot of factors that are contributing to this and to that's degree, absolutely one of them that i and ryan will 100 percent confirm this we'll fucking ask him next week because i and there's a lot of people that say like you know oh these people just glom on because it was hated on on the internet i literally turned to ryan in the theater as soon as that movie was over and i was a huge star wars dork and i said i think that movie sucked <laughs> it's like the first words out of my mouth to him so I've been hating on that movie from the start. Just want to get that out there. Uh, but yeah, three hours, man. Okay. And then so they lost it. They lost it. Here's well, the thing. Halfway we, through. Yeah. We've been trying to do this thing. Actually, we did it for like two weeks. Then I think we forgot about it. Uh, where we're like a beacon of positivity, right? And yeah. so what I would like <laughs> to bring to the table is Kyle, the last uh-huh. Jedi. Is yeah. there something nice or good that you could say about the last Jedi? That you want to spin some positivity into this world. Mark Hamill's having a blast in it because he knows it was also kind of garbagey. And uh, his that performance movie, is a lot of fun. That movie's fucking gorgeous at times. That's that is my big positive takeaway is that those... it is just a beautiful, beautiful shot movie with prank phone calls in the beginning and. <laughs> and like lore destroying, you know, bits of uh, action sequences in there, but very and, well done. 
To me, like, it's not even the prank phone call at the beginning that ruins the movie at the beginning. It's the bomb run in space. <laughs> oh, the, come on. The carpet bombing and the... Po- ah, not, we're not we're, talking about that. Wait, shit. Hold we're on. about to talk about Hard Target. We're, we can't be, yeah. like, glomming onto <laughs> details and... <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Style over substance is the That's name right. of the game today. Uh, I have very few notes, but... One of my notes is on that exact thing, so. <laughs> I have no notes. I just watched this about an hour ago. Nice. I I had to it's avoid fresh. the chat for the last couple of days because I'm, I'm like, sorry. man, I've never seen this. And also, I don't want spoilers. But then I had to go back and just read all the hard target facts because that was like my favorite part of the days was those popping up and like quickly reading them real quick. All, all the little tids and the bits. All of the tids. All the and tids bits. and the bits. Yeah. Uh, I like that. For our, our listeners out of the loop, and you're not as cool as we are, uh, our good buddy and guest of this episode, if you haven't figured out, uh, the sexy and enamorous Phil, hello, uh, has been sending us a daily hard target fact uh, in the lead up to recording this episode. And if you're familiar with our shtick and what we do around here at all, you'll know that Phil is a recurring guest on Action Movie December with his, mm-hmm. he always he's our Jean-Claude Van Damme expert. I'm and, I'm like uh, the Pawn Stars you know. guy where they we got a we got a Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> yes. guy that we can pull in. Uh, let me call him in here. He's, he's seen Hard Target a time or two. Yo, <laughs> yo he's our Jean Claude Van Damme Chum Lee. Let's go. <laughs> I see nobody wants to be compared to that no. guy. No, no. Although not as bad as uh, <clears throat> the the son is. Uh, he got drunk like day drunk at a Vegas bar and like pulled his dick out. And there's tons of pics of it on the internet and like. That is Wait. not the dick you want to be pulling out and showing off in public. Let me oh, say that. Hold on. You just said not as bad as the sun. Didn't Chum Lee get arrested for, like, crack and child porn? I don't think Chum Lee got busted for child porn. I think he was in possession of meth. And I don't know why I know so much about the cast of Pawn Stars. <laughs> I'm going to look this up if I don't forget in the next two seconds. Anyways. I know Pawn Stars entirely through memes, and that is it. I've not seen. I a used to watch the show a show. decent amount. Yeah, just because it's it's garbage TV to put on. Like so good. I, I should say that. Like I was never highly invested in the show, and it's also it's one of those just so incredibly shot reality TV shows that you can just see the cracks. Like you can tell the obviously scripted bits because none of them know how to act. So when nothing is natural, it's so very obviously unnatural very similar to a famous movie star we might discuss today yeah who has a, a penchant for putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable like when he talks about mm. his uh boyfriend or his shotgun <laughs> his shotgun uh shotgun. which i feel like that's i feel like wilford brimley hung out with okay. Van Damme for a while to like get his his speaking mannerisms down so he can because like oh, Wilfred Brimley is such a treat in this movie. I really love it. And I feel like he did a really good job of trying to to imitate Van Damme's speech well, patterns a little bit. Mm-hmm. See, that's the, that's the weirdest part, is that I don't think he was, because this movie's in New Orleans. I'm pretty sure Wilfred Brimley is just doing a half-ass Cajun accent. But because <laughs> you're, you're hearing it compared to just Jean-Claude Van Damme, that it sounds top tier. But I'm, I think he's just doing, like, Cajun... That type of thing. 
That's could great. be wrong. If he's if he's imitating his Dutch, I don't know if it makes it better because I didn't pick up on. Although it would absolutely like, be like falling in line with all of Jean Claude's movies, where there's some dubious background of why he's in an area with a with a certain accent, right? It would make so much more sense if he's down in Louisiana and everybody's just Dutch. Like, yeah. Can we just make that canon? I don't get they why allude- American audiences slightly. couldn't couldn't like fathom that he was from Belgium. A different place. Like right? they they always made him French in for in all of his movies for whatever reason. Like Americans can't probably cuz it's probably cuz Americans in 1990 can't find Belgium on a map, which is right next to France. But a lot of them couldn't today still. I mean, I'm glad you just described where it was. (laughs) I mean, I would, I would, I I speak a big game, but I would fail at where in the world is Carmen San Diego. When they brought out the Africa map, uh, it was just, I, I felt so much pity for the kids that had to deal with Africa. Okay. This is a weird part. I a feel little like bit I know of a... Europe more than I know the actual United States. I still feel if I look at a map of the states, I'll get those mixed up. But like, I know a pretty good layout of where most of Europe is. Okay. Uh, have you guys seen? This is a little bit of a segue, a little bit. But have you guys seen those games where people just like look at an image? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Geo locator. Like, like what the blue hell is that? Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to somebody break that shit down, they'll look at a size or not a size, a sign, and like hyper analyze like like minute details about it and be like, all right, well that's that's clearly from Brazil, but not like the north part of Brazil. That's in the south part because if you look at the sunshine, I'm like, what in the blue hell? Yeah, what? some people well, are crazy hell? good at geo guess geo guesser. That's what it is. That's crazy. I got two people at work that every day they play Wordle and they play GeoGuessr together. It's like how they they start their morning drinking coffee. And they do Geo because I guess that one's also daily. It's a different one every day. So it's like and it's Wordle. just like a random picture. Yeah, it's but like, like it's Wordle. Oh snap! Dog. I'm out of here. Have fun, boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pulling a Costanza leave on the high note. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that high. But I'll give it to you. Um, but Belgium's right. This fucking Belgium. guy with the accent. I like that they allude kind of to a special forces just as a throwaway to explain kind of why he does all these things. But it's never really touched upon at all outside of the fact of. I don't know. There's so many things we can go over with this movie. Hard there target. A, there's a scene where. Lance Henriksen is opening up his file and I, I paused That's it right. so I could take a look and it, it does give like a one paragraph um, snapshot of his tours of duty. Apparently he had to be, um, he would not leave his tour of duty. He had to be forced to uh, to leave his tour of duty. He is an excellent marksman, um, but he is not, uh, he's a lone wolf and um, does not <laughs> respond to authority very well. Um, so Didn't just your consummate nineties badass broke his captain's jaw and threw That's overboard right. because he was smuggling opium. The worst of right. oh, yeah, also war on drugs. Got to be mm. touched in here too. Yeah. By the way, got to hit all, all that. He ended up in Louisiana without a dollar to his name. This hard target was on some hard times. <laughs> badass duster and 
just that perpetually wet mullet. Mm-hmm. No, that mullet was amazing. <laughs> it was, it was very nineties John Claude. Very out of. He usually goes for the the crop top buzz cut, but he he did have to yeah. look a little gruff for this role. A little greasy. Um. Ugh. So Phil, uh, our Jean Claude Van Damme expert, hard mm-hmm. target. You've obviously seen this one before, right? Yeah, it's been a while, but I've seen it yeah. one and a half times in the past uh, past okay. couple days. I fell asleep oh, yeah, during yeah. the second one. But I got the gist of it. <laughs> hey, that's Sean's first viewings, usually. Yeah. This was... Um, so I grew up watching Van Damme on, you know, Saturday matinee movies on TV. They showed a lot of Bloodsport, mm-hmm. a lot of Kickboxer. Um, and so I think this was the first one where I actually was cognizant of it coming out in the theaters and was, like, super, oh. super excited for it. Of course, I was 10 at the time and oh, did yeah. not get to go see it in the theaters, but it was, it was one that I was just like, oh, it's he looks so did badass. You, and he's, did you go see he's in Louisiana. Free Willy instead? I, pro- that's what I, saw. I did go see Free Willy in the theaters. So I also yeah. did. Yes. Nice. We all saw that movie. That's the next action movie December movie, right? Free Willy? <laughs> Free Willy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just to the tune of some Michael Jackson smooth jazz. Hold me. I want you to mm-hmm. hold me. Well, that was going to be my first question, is if you did get to see this in theaters. But I guess that makes sense. You were 10 at the time. I was 10. Yeah. But I do, like, I was picking up some old memories of playing pretend on the playground um, with bad Cajun accents. So Really? Um, yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So, it's definitely had an impact on you. Yeah. A double impact, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. This whole episode could just be Van Damme movie puns. Yeah. I, I just have to be nothing but puns, period. Yeah. Honestly, I need them to cleanse it. Like I said, that was a badass mullet. Uh, spoilers. No mullets are badass. If you think you are cool growing one right now, shave your head. I need these to cleanse the grossness that is me seeing. I really still regret when I did cut all my hair off that I didn't cut a mullet, but it's it was such like a I just wanted to do it, you know. I felt like if I did the mullet, like I wasn't committing, but I I I still regret it to this day. I should have rocked that mullet for for at least a little bit. At least like a day. Like yeah. you wore somebody's no, Ryan wore your beard on his face. Never mind. <laughs> Woof. Choices, man. <laughs> I'm going Holy through shit. choices. Um, I was also trying to remember what f- the first rated R movie I saw in theaters was. And to be, I think it was The Matrix. Was that R? I can't yeah. remember. Oh, that. yeah. I think it was. Matrix. Okay. Yeah. Maybe when did was, Starship but, uh, Troopers come out? That may have been mine. That's like 97. 97. Yeah, I think you're right. 97. Because I remember going to see that before the Matrix. Not 96. I I remember all my my friends telling me about it and convincing my mother to rent it for me later. Oh, nice. That had Denise Richards in it, right? Oh, yeah. did. I need to rewatch that movie. Oh, yeah. That was the shower scene. Right, I I went to go. I had to get my stepdad, my my future stepdad, to um, take me to it because I wasn't old enough to go see it yet. And when the shower scene came on, he kind of leans over to me. He's like, "Now I see why you wanted to go see this movie so bad." And <laughs> it might be the most embarrassed I've ever been in my life. It was really I was, that was oh. I shrunk into my seat 
Because it was just my oh. mom's boyfriend at the time, and sure. I was like, oh my god, I just wanted to see some like cool space marines shoot bugs. I mean, I tits are nice, but bugs. I didn't want to see tits with my mom's boyfriend. <laughs> Not with this guy. Oh, always the worst, man. <laughs> my mom did not care We I grew up watching our movies and a lot of horror movies because my mom loved them and man, boob shots are gratuitous AF in those mm-hmm. and she'd always jokingly tell me to not look but if, like, which like, oh, don't look you know, well, I've already <laughs> seen it Like that's why it was the joke which conspicuously absent from hard target is signature JCVD nudity or any nudity for that matter Zero out of also, ten. Spoilers. Hated this movie for that. No splits. That fact alone. No butt cheeks. I was actually really surprised that there wasn't an awkward uh, love story between him and the girl who had None. the missing father. And Apparently. I was very happy with that. Cutting her Jean Claude got more action with a snake than he did with anybody <laughs> else in that movie, which is insane to me. Like, he, he grew his hair and wore a jacket like that to be just gross. Anyways, back to you, Phil. Oh, just saying that that was one of the, the many cuts that was on that was on the cutting room floor was a, uh, a love-making scene between Nat and... Uh, oh, they um, actually did have it? Yeah, yeah. Aww. Tell um, me this isn't cool. like the third movie with his last name being, being Boudreaux. Boudreaux, there's other there's, movies, right? There's Luke Devereaux. That's in Sudden Death. Ah, okay. Um, it, there's a couple of them get? that that end with like the the French E E A U X. Um, because hmm. again, um, he's he's of questionable heritage. We don't know where he's from, so he's <laughs> so, from somewhere in like Central Europe. Which yeah, is also funny that they always went with France because all the tough guys I've known historically still shit on France as being like white flag traitors but yeah that that's because we all grew up at the same time where that was cool like yeah like we couldn't even have french fries in high school like growing up you know <laughs> that all that bullshit we all lived through that and people are just like oh gotta stick to what i know hate the french anyways uh i just wanted to chime in you guys were talking about stepdads and stuff <laughs> my stepdad's last name is actually boudreaux and that's my brother's oh. last name and uh, the amount of times that I've seen Boudreaux and it has an X at the end, like, I, they've got to feel so fucking lame. They do not have an X at the end of their name. And that's oh. just, like, it's infinitely less cool. Like, wait, if your last wait, name wait. ended with an X, that's sick. I'm sorry. I that X capital every time. Luke Devereaux was his character in Universal Soldier. I that screwed that right. one up. I'm sorry. I've guys. seen Universal Soldier. A handful amount of times. The original? A lot of them. Uh, Which? A majority of the sequels, too. <laughs> I've seen a lot nice. of these. Because I think he's in... He's in, like, three of them, right? John claude he, he skipped a couple, and then he did skip I think a came couple. back I'm, in 99, Bill Goldberg is in, like, yeah. two of them. Yeah, he was Which, in the one in, like, 99. Yeah, I was I was reading one. that that role was originally going to be offered to Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, but his agent turned it down without even informing Steve, and then they went I, with Goldberg whoa. for half the price that they offered Steve. Oof, I think it was the better choice, anyways, for Steve, man, because that movie fucking sucks. <laughs> But yeah, here we uh, are, twenty five years later, talking about still that talking movie. about it. 
Nobody's yeah. going to talk uh-huh. about me. 25 years. Yeah, we will. We'll be like, yo, remember that shitty podcast? What was that? What was that guy's name? <laughs> that guy sucked. I really like those episodes with that guy, Phil. Stallion. It is. I mean, that's the reason we uh, extended this to another month, just because, like, the amount of fan mail we get after a Phil episode, we're like, well, we just got to have this guy on all the time. Yeah. We had to actually, like, not make it action movie every month mm-hmm. and just make it. Which is okay, yeah. so it's kind of weird that we got action Christmas in July, action movie July here. Yeah. Where yeah. the the Beer Me a movie guys have Team America and a re release of Robocop and the Tadpog Boys did True Lies just this week. Like Yeah. It's it is action movie July. You guys have July really does here. bring it out. Yeah. And we really did also at the tail end of June. You talked about the Beer Me Boys. They did Point uh, Point Break. <laughs> like the week and we had been we talking did. about doing Point Break for like a month prior, and we did it. The we recorded it the exact same week. I was like, man, this is so weird. It's it's stuff out in the ether, but the it's ether blockbuster stuff, right? That summer, I yeah. Oh, it I is mean, blockbuster is, summer. Sure, it is the season. And I feel this was a blockbuster. When did this come out? July? Let's see. 93. I don't know. But what, but what month? Yeah, that's the big question. Is August 20th, 1993. It came in number two. To which movie? It did that well. Um, what was number so, one? The Fugitive. Oh, oh of course. You ain't beating The Fugitive. No, come you're on. not beating The Fugitive. Time of the uh, but this and did, Harrison Ford? This did pull in a cool $74 million. Um, it was a very good success. Um, I was I was looking over the numbers on these things, which is really frustrating because IMDb and Wikipedia have very different numbers on their box office receipts. Um, really? which... Yeah, that's because I go into Wikipedia every time, like right before you look at something and I change it all. <laughs> You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't notice at the end when it said 20 million in Monopoly money. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, he had done like Universal Soldier in 92, which made $95 million on a $23 million budget. Uh, Nowhere to Run in 93, which made $64 million on a $15 million budget, which led up to Hard Target. So like he was he was hot shit when he came into this and, and acted sure. like it on set from everything that I was reading about. Um, you know, he was a bankable action star. He was pulling in some, some pretty good numbers. And this kind of was, um, right around the middle of his, of his apex when, uh, Time Cop and Street Fighter came out the next couple of years. And he was like, this was, this was his, this was at his peak. I mean, it shows $18 million budget with a $75 million worldwide gross i mean not not bad not too shabby seven times yeah six seven times that's pretty good you can you can totally tell you know you can see why he was just doing a ton of blow and kylie minogue (laughs) and street fighter you know ten thousand dollars a week from what i was reading on his wikipedia page he was spending 10 grand doing a week a week you ever think that he goes on his own wikipedia and he just updates it he's like it was actually 30 (laughs) 
That's way it's, cooler. No, 40,000. It's still weird to me, like, this era of action movie. And I still, I can't, maybe because I never fully cared. The idea of, like, people go to see a movie because of one specific person is weird to me. Like, people You don't have anybody see, like that? No, I just like a good movie. Like, I never had, like, I... If somebody's in a movie and I like them, I'm stoked about it. But I, I mean, maybe I do. Like, I do love a Ryan Gosling flick and I will absolutely see Barbie just because of him. But still, like, I don't know. Like, there are that That's many people. That's exactly disproving your point. But still, like, there's that many people that go see a movie just because Jean-Claude Van Damme, though? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, look at Phil. Phil is I mean, turning yeah, me into a Jean-Claude guy. Like, that's if true. there was a Jean-Claude movie that came out next weekend, I'm taking my ass to the theater, reclining that seat, turning on the heat because they got the AC on and I want to toast the buns and watch that movie. I'm going to watch Jean-Claude kick that Van Damme down. Yeah. I watch his cheeks like, with my toasty cheeks. I don't know. It's just a weird what? thing to me. The it idea was a fun of era. Him, Action star, yeah. It's just like, yeah, there's... I mean, they, they try to make it happen with The Rock, I think, is really the only one that I can yeah. I can really call upon that is an to action me, movie still... star now. And even... I don't think he's like anywhere near the, what about... the pole that the mid-90s, early 90s were. What about Liam? What's his name? He's, he's doing... Not... Like, he... His new movie that's coming out is Taken without the Taken name. It's, it's like the exact same fucking movie. Like we said, it's speed. He's just in a car, so he doesn't have to do physical action scenes anymore. He'll just drive the <laughs> car. I'm, I'm telling you, that's why. 70. Yeah. Wow. But we talk, man, I, oh, man. The only one I could think of like that still, I mean, Tom Cruise, I feel. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For He's sure. That level. He is one of the last... Great just movie stars, action right? stars. Like yeah. I imagine, we're talking about this as if, like back in the '90s, people were going to see Jean Claude because they love that kind of action movie. Schwarzenegger, because you know, same thing. Stallone, all of that. Tom Cruise now is that guy. Maybe um, uh, Keanu to an extent. Oh, you true. Know, yeah. Depending on what he does, but yeah, there's very few like action stars that remain. Which is, well, it's weird that the action stars that we have mentioned, Liam Neeson, 71, Keanu Reeves, 58, Tom Cruise, 61. Yeah. Like, it's it's the complete antithesis of the the action era that we grew up in, where it's all, like, roided just out. incredibly roided out, huge, svelte, 20 to 30-something-year-old dudes. <laughs> Just now we're watching somebody's grandpa men. kick somebody's ass right i mean <laughs> keanu was in point break like two years before this movie came out and you know 30 years later he's doing john wick six or whatever man did you guys ever see bad john... grandpa the jackass bad... movie oh no. yeah oh you did feel... okay well anyways it's like the johnny knoxville and that old guy outfit i would absolutely pay to see a movie where he was just over the top, John wicking it up. Oh, they just do that to like a, an actual action star. I think part of it too, like is, so we mentioned, well, Liam Neeson, not so much, but people like Tom Cruise and uh, Keanu Reeves. I think another reason they're so still relevant in the action scene 
is they're actually doing it compared to like, if you see an action movie nowadays, they're so often like the shaky cam. Whereas like people like Jean-Claude Van Damme, that dude does know how to fight. He knows how martial arts works. It's how Jackie Chan, like as we just talked about last week, like that's the reason Jean-Claude Van Damme fights still look good on screen because he knows what he's fucking talking about when they're setting these things up. He knows what will look cool. Also, I want to touch back to something that we talked about on uh, our last episode. You had a couple of weeks ago given me this Jackie Chan video to watch, and he talks about a lot of the principles where, you know, if a hand's coming in and they have to cut, they will cut back to a couple of frames before where the hand is. So it gives your brain time to register. And they do that so it has good impact. And uh, because they know how to fight, they know how something's supposed to register in somebody's brain when they're seeing that kind of thing. That is something I picked up 100% while watching this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that I would have ever picked up if I didn't watch that video that you had sent me. Because there was a lot, almost everything in this movie, you see him, like his fist going forward and then it'll cut and his fist is back here again and it's doing it. Or he'll even like, it will show something in quick, like they'll repeat the shot like twice from different angles just to give it more impact. Like he could yeah. snap somebody's arm like, you know, it just happens that fast. But you see it twice and you don't even think about it. You're like, damn, that was badass. I do love that we do the, the freeze cut, the long take where he has the broken arm over his shoulder and the guys behind him. Like, ah! <laughs> Spoilers. That was ah. obviously a fake arm. Oh, man. My, <laughs> my favorite sorry. IMDb trivia. That, was, that one? <laughs> yeah. I get the sentiment that they were going for. Like, it looked fake, but the, the IMDb, tr- the, the entry was just like, yeah, that was a fake arm. Like, oh, really? <laughs> they didn't no break shit. that guy's arm for real? No uh, kidding. Well, why don't you say it like almost 30 minutes in? Phil, you want to give us a bit of a rundown of this flick? What, what are we working We can do it really here? Yeah. Right, so Hard Target, one of two uh, hunting people for sport movies to come out in a 12-month span, uh, yep. surviving the game, the other one. Ice in tea, 94. baby! Yes, uh, based loosely off of The Most Dangerous Game. The Most Dangerous uh, from Game, yep. The 30s was it 1936? I want to say. Um, regardless, um, I feel, yeah. this is a a universal film. Um, Jean Wu, his first uh, American Hollywood movie, the first Asian director for a Hollywood movie. Um, he had Ground done breaking. a lot. Yeah, he had done a lot of good action movies in Hong Kong prior to this, and had uh, had gotten a lot of. Um, just a lot of press from um, folks in the business. And so they, they were handing him scripts and um, he, he chose this one. And um, I guess Van Damme and Chuck Farr, the writer, um, some other folks flew out to Hong Kong to try and get him to do this. And so, um, yeah, he agreed. And we get um, a New Orleans action movie where uh, Lance Henriksen, um, who I think, steals the show in this movie uh really it's him is, for me it's the dude it's from the mummy to be honest with you arnold voslu i mean yeah, I, yeah. I have i have some uh thoughts on them which we'll get to later but um yeah. they're fantastic i love the two of them but um yeah they're Both running a they're running a business where they hunt homeless veterans for sport 
Uh-huh. And uh, one of them uh, apparently has a family member, uh, Yancey Butler, in her debut, who comes down looking for her dad, who is killed in the beginning of the movie, um, who I, I found out is actually the writer. The The dad was played by Chuck Farrer, who wrote the movie. Oh, shit. Um, and an impeccably groomed beard for a homeless man. Very, um, very which, nicely trained. <laughs> I noticed at the beginning, I'm like, damn, that is a better beard than I have. Um, where do I get that? very similar to Grizzly Adams, who's supposed to be a wild frontiersman with the most meticulous yeah. beard I've ever seen in my life. He did have a beard. <laughs> Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Yeah, so um, they're hunting uh, humans for sport. And, As you do. Uh, Yancey Butler is looking for her dad and comes across a badass Cajun a uh, merchant marine who um, beats up some some no good nicks um, who were uh, who were giving Yancey the business, uh, breaks one of their arms, kicks their asses. She hires him to track down her daddy. They find the whole ring of human hunting for sport. Shit wow. goes awry and it turns into a Rambo situation where uh, the tables get turned and he starts hunting them as they are hunting him. And it all ends in a really um, ridiculously fun action sequence at the end in a Mardi Gras <laughs> graveyard of um, full of nothing but exploding barrels and pigeons and um, and paper mache and uh, it's a lot of fun. I, there's got to be something in the groundwater in Louisiana because when they're shooting at him in the helicopter and he's riding the horse through the wet forest. There's sparks and explosions popping off everywhere. So many sparks. <laughs> That's because, much like stormtroopers, everybody in this movie is a terrible shot. For well, also, people who are hunting other people, yeah, that's they too. suck at shooting. Everybody. <laughs> I was, oh I was watching God. this with some friends, and we were commenting on how impractical of a gun Lance Henriksen has for hunting people. Yes. It's this, <laughs> um, like three-foot-long pistol. That yeah, Joker-esque, man. It's a badass-looking gun, but it is a one-shot that you need to reload and has no sight, and he's he's just... There are so many times when he could have um, ended this movie after, you know, 20 minutes if he had a practical weapon, but um, again, this is a style over substance, and um, you just kind of have to hand-wave those things. Boy, this, uh, this day fisherman sure gets very involved in some lady he's never met missing father's life boy he gets all wrapped up he does way more for this lady than i would do for any stranger ever he does way more for her than he does for himself oh she is paying him one hundred dollars a day so that he can pay his uh union dues um thank you very much unions um no good for nobody but yeah, he needs to he needs to get on uh get on a job um and he needs to pay his union dues so she offers to pay him a hundred dollars a day to help track down her dad and um, that is the hook we need. That's that's all you needed in the nineties. Uh, so I will say like one of my notes I have for this is uh for the script I guess just first draft fuck it just we <laughs> we bang this thing out in a hotel room in two days fucking shoot it yeah. Because <laughs> it is it is loosely thrown together. There is a lot of just again, as Sean and I frequently mention, like with action movies, it's surface level for the mo- we don't care. We don't need really anything more than like, oh, her dad's missing. Jean Claude Van Damme's gonna help her find him. Why but, is he? Who cares? Why? Yeah, just raise the stakes high enough. 
that I I am going to reference the what the hell did we watch that Jackie Chan movie? What one was that? Rumble oh, in uh, the Bronx. Rumble in yeah, the Bronx. Rumble in the Bronx. The first like three quarters of that movie, there was no stakes to it. Yeah. Like that was the only knock I had on that. Give me an action movie with stakes. Which and I don't great. really care. They it's open this movie with with Natasha's dad being hunted. Like the the opening is the is the clients hunting down um hunting down her dad, which again, we're not talking, looking at details here, but, um, I, I saw that, um, when, so the, the whole premise is, um, the homeless veterans that they're hunting, they get a belt with $10,000. If they can go from one side of new Orleans to the river, they get to keep the money. Uh, the opening sequence is shot with him on the other side of the river, facing the city of new Orleans, uh, so like the whole, the whole like he, geography of it is completely, completely he made it out to the, the river. window. Yeah. He's yeah. on the other side of the river. He's um, on the other side. Like he made it so far to the river. He's on the other side, <laughs> but regardless yeah. when he fucking dies, he's at the damn river. Yeah. Yeah. Are we, uh, and are we to believe that the people hunting him for sport will let him go if he reaches the river? Like, well, he beat us fair is fair. Keep your $10,000. We're just going to, uh go our, our separate ways. I can't believe it, Lance Hendrickson is an untrustworthy fellow. Well, well you know what? Bishop there, or uh, Lance Hendrickson <laughs> there. <laughs> that When I saw that he was uh, Bishop from Aliens, I'm like, that's where I fucking remember him from. Um, but Real anyways, he seemed genuinely concerned that. when that dude was about to make it to the river. He's like, he's about to, he's about to, if he gets there, he wins. It better not make it there. Which also is trustworthy like, guy. So, my thoughts on Henriksen and Sean, you're in the service industry, so um, you can probably relate to this. But the dude looks like he fucking hates his job, or at least he hates the clients that he works <laughs> with. He is Do so I look miserable. So much like him, in, he is so miserable in this entire movie. Like he, <laughs> he just hates doing the work that he does he's just really good at it i think the only thing that gives him joy is working with his life partner arnold Vosloo, um which i felt the chemistry between the two of them is so much better than yancey butler Anybody and else. van damme it is it's, one of the only facts that i did uh actually see for this movie was that i think the guy who wrote this after he saw this movie wishes that like Man, I really should have wrote something for those two guys because mm-hmm. he thought the chemistry between the two actors was so. Fan- He's upset that like they didn't get to do more. He's like, they, I should have wrote them a whole movie. So, so Tyler, Dave, and Ian had done a Tadpog episode on Hook uh, somewhat recently, and they talk about how Dustin Hoffman and um, um, who's the dude who plays who plays me? Oh, uh, uh, Hoskins, Bob Hoskins. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. How how they got together and were like. This is a married couple. Like Hook and Smee are a married couple, and so we're gonna play this like a married couple. And I totally got that vibe between Pick and Bashan. Uh, they were absolutely like one's the happy-go-lucky like husband, and the other one is the broody like angry husband. And they make such a great just. I, I love it. They're they're the highlight of this movie for me. It's the opposites attract romance, which yeah. works for so many of us. Because <laughs> all of us are ugly, and we've all pulled well out of our league, gentlemen. I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but... Well, 
Uh, I didn't realize that, so I'm very glad that you made me aware of that. And I'm going to thank, thank my lucky stripes that I did pull better than I probably could have. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, man. Real recognize real. <laughs> <laughs> I bring a lot uh, to the table in this relationship. Um, but no, I definitely outkicked my coverage. The, uh, this whole, I love that this movie starts off because four men were just going to beat up and rob a woman in broad daylight in downtown New Orleans. And everybody's just fine with that. New Orleans is the wild, (laughs) wild west. Like this felt post-apocalyptic with how zero fucks anybody cared about anything. Also, Phil, I would love to thank you for bringing up work and service industry as my phone's blowing up with somebody calling out right now. You yes. made this happen, Phil. <laughs> to be fair, bad, hang up. To be fair, they do they do have a couple of scenes where there is a police strike going on, um, which only happens when they need the police strike to happen. When they when I guess the so. police need to be there and arrest Van Dam for crossing a crime scene and getting beat up by a couple of thugs, apparently. They're available, but um, otherwise, when they're shooting people and beating up people in broad daylight, he's unarmed. Um, of course, they're gonna go after him. They fucking do, but they light that dude up, and there's like forty people just standing around watching this guy get shot. And then I love that they all just stay coward while they come yeah. up and like uh, just like check his body and casually cut the money bag off. Like again, but suspending that disbelief. Because yeah, those guys again, are so badass. Style over substance. We're not we're not paying attention to those those details. Uh, but I, if anything, it is, sometimes those things make the movies like so much better. more kick ass. Yeah, yeah. You know, suspend yeah. your disbelief if you can, and just watch this dude just have bullets rain down upon him from the heavens in front of about three hundred bystanders who are all probably innocent. One of which uh, is Ted Raimi, which we saw on fun little Ted cameo. Ra- and- you shocked. You blew my little mind open. My entire life, I've always thought that was Sam Raimi doing the cameos. I had no idea Ted looked so much like him, and that Ted even was a person that existed until today. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't know this because I generally enjoy Sam Raimi a fucking lot. I love uh, Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, the Spider Mans. I I'm blown away, Phil. Bl- yeah, that's no, the they, sh- most they... shocking thing I learned about this movie today. Executive producer on the film, they they brought him on to essentially shadow John Woo in case mm-hmm. he couldn't get the job done. There was a lot of concern about um, someone who was not a native English speaker um, being able to run a production set despite like an exceptionally long career of running action movie productions. And um, I I guess they didn't tell him like they didn't. He didn't realize, uh, I was reading an article that, uh, that he didn't know until mm-hmm. long after the fact that they had brought Sam Raimi on as his potential replacement in case he couldn't get things done. But uh, Sam was the consummate professional and of did course. not meddle at all and was like his number one um, fan the entire time and went to bat for him um, with the executives. It, reading Repeatedly. about that made me love Sam Raimi so, so I know, much right? more. I already uh, did, but I, I read that article too, and it's like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Meanwhile, Van Damme is um, making his own cuts and edits to the movie after it's done, and like having having 
editorial control over John Woo, which made me like him less and less, despite yeah. how much of a fan I am of, of Van Damme. But, um, you know, that's it's the era. Um, you know, the, the and again, action movie stars had the power. He did not. When he's getting that, what we say, seven times returns on his movies, like... When you're making that mu- much money on your name... They're gonna let you fucking do that, dude. Yeah. yeah. You're doing something so, right. So... Credit to Van Damme for not putting, inserting the sex scene or the lovemaking scene, whatever, whatever happened I, yeah, between I mean, uh, Boudreaux and I guess he did have that Matt. edit. And us, every other time we've talked about a Van Damme movie, it would lead me to believe that those sex scenes were there because of his insistence. So knowing that right. he had edit control of this movie and he took that out, I also, yeah, okay. Maybe Self-control. Also just don't film Some the scene in the right. first place, but... <laughs> You guys yeah, think if, there's a Van Damme cut? So there apparently some, there is. Somewhere. There, there is a... Not, yes! I don't know what is in the cut, but there is a director's cut that is like shot on shitty video with no music um, that exists out there somewhere. I think it's like I 128 minute cut, so it's like two hours. Whereas this, again, perfect action movie length. Mm-hmm. I am the loving whole, this trend, man. Sweet nineties. Yeah. One hour. The whole time we minutes. were watching this, we were just like, "How is there only like thirty minutes left in this movie? How is there only <laughs> right. fifteen minutes left in this movie?" <laughs> right. I don't think we don't even see Wilfred Brimley till the last thirty minutes. Yeah. Which is, when, I mean, he's. I love his his introduction is mm-hmm. just him drinking at a still in the middle of the Louisiana swamps by himself talking to himself in <laughs> the most like absurd Cajun eccentricities um, which uh, tell me how much you guys talk to yourself when you're by yourself going like ooh wee that jackrabbit slapped a bear I mean it's not just... in that accent but dude <laughs> See, sometimes it gets lonely here man I, the... I'm not distilling moonshine but <laughs> I love I the world that he that he talks to himself like the uncle duvet just sits there and has conversations with himself in absurd Cajun accent when nobody's around. I like to think that it's because he's drinking Everclear at noon in the Louisiana sun <laughs> in August. Which oh, you're is, fried. It's going to fry anybody's brain um, in overalls and like a long sleeve, like undergarment. Also like, what I, one of my favorite facts about Wilford Brimley is that he's the perpetual old man in every movie, but he was probably maybe what forty five in this movie. I think he was. I think he was fifty eight, which puts him as old as Keanu okay. Reeves is now. Um, That's still so crazy. Imagine, right? you know, Keanu Reeves doing John Wick movies at the same age that Wilford Brimley is in this movie. <laughs> That's insane it, to me. Ewan McGregor yes. surpassed. Yeah. Just like it's like the 80s effect, man. It's when you take a look at Arn Anderson from the Four Horsemen and he looks, Just you looks know, old. in one of yeah. his most famous times and he looks like he's in his mid 40s to late 40s and people nowadays. And then you realize he was like 31. You're like, what? Yeah. It's the 80s Sometimes effect. It, it, 80s was a hard life living for a lot of people. Jesus, I don't get it. Like people were dad botting, dad facing, like dad everything at like twenty eight. Nobody talks sometimes. about Wilfred Brimley's ten thousand dollar a month cocaine habit. <laughs> Wait, pump our brakes. I want to see this. <laughs> uh, what the fuck else, man? There's so many. 
The snake scene. There's so many. I Dude, wanna, there's so many around. scenes. Yeah, I love the the random ass opening of this movie where, like. <sighs> Where the guy's being hunted and yeah. everyone you see is like waving a gun, but he's just getting these absolute metal spike arrows being shot at him. Like he's very close to winning and they're just like, let us just sh- practice our archery here. <laughs> we all have guns, but who's who brought the bow? That gun was also ridiculous because I thought forever it was just like a crossbow, but like that dude comes back and it's like a gun that is shooting those arrows. Woof. That thing's crazy. Uh, each of the clients, each of the clients gets to pick their gun, of their choice. weapon. Yeah. Um. So I mean, kudos to that guy for for you know going the Lance Henriksen route and choosing something that looks really badass and is super impractical. Well, that's what he saw Lance Hendrickson's gun, and he's like, "You know what? I want something that's even worse. <laughs> I want something that is also a single shot, hard to reload, but isn't a bullet. I want it to be a big, slow-moving arrow." But it's and it's scary. Is so much more effective than Lance Hendrickson. I think he shoots the guy two or three times. I'm not sure Hendrickson. He hits him twice. Um, he hits him twice. Oh, three times. He hits him There's- twice and grazes him. There's there is a scene when he falls through the docks where he's got an arrow sticking out of his the back yep. of his thigh, which they didn't show in the movie. Oh, but oh. it it is just so like four times. So yeah. yeah, but again, it's so much. It's more effective than than Henriksen, whose really only kill shot is uh, for the client that failed to to oh, kill. To um, get the kill. Yeah, the morgue the, guy, right? Is the guy uh, that no. fucked up Vosloo, in the uh... Voslu yeah. killed the morgue guy. Oh, yeah, you're right. This Talking about him, um, mm-hmm. I had this headcanon through the entire movie where it was actually – so that is – this movie is what would have happened if the mummy actually made it to America and then <laughs> just kind of started living for a while, ended yeah. up in a bad part of town, and next thing you know, he's just hunting people like this instead of using powers. And discovered the comfortable fashion that is a turtleneck with a sweater over it Louisiana <laughs> heat. man, it can't be any worse than a full fucking length duster, which apparently is also not hot. I'm assuming this was on purpose, but the fact that both Henriksen and Van Damme both had dusters was, you know, pretty great. I I have to imagine Henriksen had it and he showed up to shoot the first day and Jean-Claude was so, he's like, Dude, that looks awesome. I want a fucking duster. And they're like, yeah. Get Mr. Van Damme a duster. <laughs> right, I love how, now. I love how dudes are just like, man, I love that. That's so awesome. Uh, we were at a wrestling show last night, and Sarah's like, I saw a girl in the same the same shirt. I'm like, go beat the shit out of her. She goes, no, it's okay. She didn't customize hers. Mine is better. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would love to have a duster. You should get a duster. eBay it now. Well, it's cheap. I should. In the middle yeah, of the summer. Been, yeah. <laughs> there's been there's been enough time passed since the since the Columbine that dusters are are back in fashion. They're, they're they're they really again. peaked right around mid '90s, and then the stock plummeted in '99, and we're true slowly getting our way back. It's fine. I I saw a girl in Jenkos the other day. I oh, man, am not kidding at all. Like I felt really conflicted about it. But she, I'm not going to say she pulled it off, but she wore them. <laughs> and 
I believe that you can too with a duster. It, when I think of duster, I always think of always sunny. So maybe it's same. Yeah, a good purity. But yeah. Um, so what do you guys think of? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. Uh, it's shocking, but also not when you remember that John Woo directed this. But there's a shocking little amount of actual martial arts because it's all about fucking gunfights. Yeah. yeah, you have just the opening. Yeah, like his much first introduction to that. When he gang. beats up the, the gang members, but then almost every other big scene is all all sh- gun guns shoots. and explosions. Mm-hmm. Just barrels. I've said it. The ending was a nice little mixture of like when the he didn't have a bullet and all all uh, Van Dam had there was a shotgun that he emptied so he had a grenade. He had a pretty sweet like jump kick, crane kick thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fli- yeah I like how I'm trying f- to defend it with one move. He does a front flip through the fire and then <laughs> oh, yes. yes. And then drop kicks Lance Henriksen and then throw, puts a grenade in his pants. <laughs> in his pants, man. Oh, man. This, it brought me, boys, I cannot tell you how much joy some, for some reason it brought me when you see Hendrickson's face or whatever his name is, as he, you know, gets the grenade apart and he, you know, sees the fuse. He's like, hey, hey, hey. And then it sparks and it blows up. I was like, you cocky son of a bitch that's that what was you a really get good scene. i did also whole, laugh at that the whole time when he's pulling that out i'm just sitting there i'm saying out loud throw the grenade throw the grenade throw the grenade throw the that, grenade right. yeah <laughs> and he's instead like he's unscrewing it and pulling it apart and then yeah it goes off but you know i that feels like his his whole character is just the embodiment of you know he, he thinks he's the smartest he thinks he's mm-hmm. the best he's He's um yeah. there's a lot of what's what's the word that I'm I'm looking for um, um gumption. We'll go with that. Um but yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> overconfidence on on his part which I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to overlook. Um The uh you got to want like lot- you have to imagine any military grenade there's you cannot just unscrew a fucking grenade. Well, if, I guess they would have thread whenever, lock at the very least, I would imagine. I'm not Googling that. I know. I know. When, but whenever somebody there's leave weapons a comment involves, No, whenever there's weapons involved, the, the IMDb trivia is full of people um, explaining exactly what make and model of the guns and the weapons are. So there <laughs> of is course someone, there are. There, there is there is a, a trivia entry talking about how grenades work and how that, of course, is not realistic. Like, I guess okay. the, the, way, the way the charge goes off is... It doesn't spark it like that, so that's that's unrealistic. But it made for a, a fun end, of course. I actually just came across that on IMDb. Hey, um, FBI agent listening in, Gooch Blaster six nine four twenty. Uh, you might want to pay them a visit. They're <laughs> hacking. They sound dangerous. Um, probably so, own dusters. There's so, um, go ahead. Nope. So that was the third dick shot in the movie. Um, yeah. Van Damme motorcycles a guy in the dick. Sure like does. runs him right into yes. the dick. Yancey Butler shoots a guy in the dick like five times. I was times. about to say. <laughs> and, I... and then Fushan gets a grenade in the dick. So, Real quick. 
just wanted to point that out. So yeah, I thought Nat shot the dude in the dick like six times. I'm like, hell yeah. But then he turns and he's got like six bullet holes in his chest. Did she shoot him in the dick? It, I of, thought she did. I don't know. Okay. I fell asleep I'm, you know what? I'm erasing I the bullet holes in the chest. second time. So I'll need to go back and rewatch. Uh, I just want to make one more comment, sort of tangentially related, and only because we brought up surviving the game. Uh, I will yeah. say the one point that that movie has over this one is it does contain the best Gary Busey monologue of all time, <laughs> which Hard Target does not have. But other than that, uh, I think this shockingly lacking in Gary in Busey and Hard Target. Yeah, but we do get Wilford Brimley, which is not as you, good, but it's it's a nice compensation. How do that, you guys think that you would do in that situation? Terrible. How would you how would you make it being hunted by would, two people? I would die. Um, yeah, let's I, put that right there. I have zero cardio, um, and they have motorcycles. So, uh, <laughs> but I would attempt to hide. There would be no running in open streets. I would right, yeah. attempt to get as 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 um, undercover as possible to make sure I couldn't be seen. Um, and so they'd probably find me like huddling in a box somewhere as I put my hands up in fear and then they shoot me in the face. <laughs> Please, get, you guys are just fucking around, right? Pop! Shit. Probably with a sound like, <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I do also, I appreciated that, uh, of course, tough cut and Jean-Claude Van Damme is the one that cracks the case wide open. By moving one thing in the burned house to find the the dog tag that also conveniently was pierced by an arrow and they could all... It's like, well, that looks like that was pierced by a hard cylindrical object. More than a bullet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, what a, Again, what a fantastic... Again, um, yeah, the police were conveniently there to arrest him at the scene, um, but... We're not and there then, for everything else when I a did man not gets pick gunned up down in on the, the fact quarter. that they mentioned there was a police strike. I missed that completely. Yeah, at the very beginning, before they introduce um, um, the, the detective. The lady cop? Yeah, when Yancey Butler okay. goes in, there's like yeah. there's like picketing police officers uh, around. Oh! Um, okay. So, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel only... like that's just kind of one like step you probably shouldn't let your city get to. Well... I also feel that's a part of the first draft. Fuck it, because they didn't. That was not very clear at all in what was happening. That was a, that was a thing in RoboCop, wasn't it? That the police were on strike in RoboCop. Dude, I haven't seen made RoboCop, RoboCop since I, I was a kid. I remember they just wanted to control the police. I guess that was why, because they were trying to strike, and that's why crime was so bad, right? This is all coming together. Man, I gotta rewatch that movie. I do too. Mm-hmm. Or didn't Hell the beer yeah. boys what? just cover it? No, they re well, they No, it doesn't count because they re-released oh, that's what that was. episode. Yeah. Well. Love them. Love you guys. <laughs> one one other thing I wanted to touch on, because we're bouncing all over the place. We are here, very um, much so. Is I really wish they would have had more of the the Van Damme in the bayou. Like it felt very Crocodile Dundee 2, very yeah. Rambo, and we really only get the snake trap, which is both simultaneously ridiculous because he punches a snake and then bites its rattle off to which set up. I didn't a... get why. So that, so that so it that... wouldn't alert the person that it was there. 
I yeah. yes, but it was already set up in a way to launch it at whoever stepped on that. This and it is was an up. action movie. Kyle. I know. Stop I know. It's so hard it to apart. not know. And that's what I. I'm watching it. I'm like, this is the most convoluted, stupid trap ever. But I love it because it doesn't <laughs> with a snake launching it, and latching onto a dude's face. Yeah, I love that. It's like one of the most well-known scenes from this movie. Like, if anybody, even if you haven't seen this movie, you've probably like seen a gif or like an image of this scene. But there's no way that you could possibly anticipate where it was going just based on those images. Yeah, the one of him biting off the rattlesnake's tail. Or like the snake going limp in his hand that always com- uh, comes up when you type in boner in gif. Boner like, killer. <laughs> yeah. Which it's so funny. But it's sad. Like Phil was saying earlier that this movie, you're like, oh my God, how is there only half an hour left? Oh man, how is there only 13 minutes left, right? But it like the movie flies, and then by the time he gets to the bayou, there's only less than a half an hour left in the movie. And it's like, damn, I want more. of. Once you see that and you experience what that part of the movie is, mm-hmm. you just want like all of the movie to be that. Give me like him just solo being like solo in Predator. Yeah. I don't even need Jesse the Body Ventura, just Jean-Claude hunting the Predator. It's so funny. I actually want that movie now. Not going to lie. It's cyclical because you brought up Jean-Claude Van Damme and The Predator. And uh, we talked about Jean-Claude Van Damme being difficult on the set of this movie, which has also been a thing known about him since he quit Predator because it didn't give him enough uh, shine time because he was going to be in a suit, which is also, in my opinion, another good thing that happened because the suit they had Jean-Claude Van Damme in was absolute hot garbage and that forced them to go back and redesign the predator look and we got the iconic mandible look that we have now yeah it was an actual like that that was one of those you know actor actor moves like prima donna moves that benefited everyone because Mm -hmm. van damme was right like if he's locked in a predator suit he's not getting no one's no he, he is going the route of of stunt actor of like yeah. um who's, yeah. who's the guy that is in all the Guillermo del Toro movies um that does all the the creature Doug work. Jones um yeah um and he doesn't want to be Doug Jones he wants to be you know sliced alone he wants to be Van Damme um he wants to have one camera directed on his muscles at all time <laughs> so <laughs> which um again another great IMDb trivia fact on this one um and then, yeah, it's it's they made them redesign the the predator costume so that it was a more muscular, less like sleek ninja style uh, creature. So you know, kudos to him. That one actually worked out in his in his favor. And um, it is and for the movie's him. favor. Well, for the movie's favor, and he he's right because even now sitting here, and I know a lot of this shit, I cannot tell you the name of the fucking guy that played the predator. But I fucking know who Jean Claude Van Damme is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin. So. Kevin Peter Hall, I think, and that that, I only know that because right. because I I was looking up Wikipedia pages. I think he's also was he the same guy that played the alien, or is that a different? He may have guy? been. Yeah, he's like seven foot two. He's very he's, tall. You know. Yeah, he's a huge dude. I remember that because <laughs> I was looking. Kevin Hall, like, is that? The wrestler who played Super Shredder, Kevin. Nash. I know Kevin. 
Right. Yeah. I saw the name and was yeah. confused. But he was for, super. For a hot yeah, he second. was super shredder, and in a lot of other movies too. Had a great mm-hmm. scene in the Punisher movie with Tom Jane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, he actually gets stabbed in that scene for real. And standing like character. Longest Yard, too. He was also in The Longest Yard, yeah, because he was a real football player. It was pretty common with most of those dudes. Yeah. One thing I wanted to point out that I have in my notes here is that Lance Henriksen gets a shotgun blast to the chest and flies 10 feet backwards and then gets up like nothing happens and continues to fight Van Damme and is never explained. Like that that part's awesome Wilford Brimley gets stabbed in the chest with an arrow and then 10 minutes later they come back to him and it turns out they stabbed his flask of, of whiskey that he had been making. So like, is Henriksen wearing a bodysuit full of whiskey flasks? Like, what's what's the deal here? Because um, I can I can suspend my disbelief for a lot of things, but that one at the end kind of threw me for a loop of just getting absolutely blasted and getting back up. Again, it was another one of those uh, suspend your disbelief because I I saw it and I laughed and I was like. I was like, number one, that's hilarious, because I love any scene where people get blasted with a shotgun and they fly anywhere. But uh, oh, and then, they got a ripcord on their back. Yeah. Yank that bad boy. But then, like, yeah, he literally he stands the fuck up. And even if you are wearing body armor, dude, taking a shotgun blast to the fucking chest, going to knock the wind out of you at the absolute very least. At the minimum. At the minimum. I do. Like, they at least gave him like. Some scratches on his face like some pellets went by, right? Do I remember that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This movie does not know how shotguns uh, no. work because there's the guy that we haven't talked about, Randall Poe, who is the uh, the pornography advertiser who hires all the, the homeless uh-huh. people, and who just who just gets the shit tortured out of him by both sides for about 30 minutes in this movie before getting a shotgun blast to the head. And then in the next scene, his head is fully intact. Like, the shotgun is pressed against his temple Voslo pulls the trigger. You see the windshield with the shotgun blast coming with out a of spread. it, and then and then you know his his head should be turned into just hamburger meat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if if David Cronenberg were, were making this movie, <laughs> we would get a good two second shot of his like grizzly <laughs> hamburger head sitting there, but um, just a just a loose tongue. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I uh. <laughs> I really did enjoy that scene, though, and I thought that was actually a pretty brutal scene. It does yeah. lose the impact, like you said, when you see him the next scene, and he's just totally got his head, because <laughs> those of us even remotely familiar with a shotgun are like, no, no. Yeah. Um, this movie but yeah, is- that guy got fucked up, lost his ear, gets shot in the head, constantly getting the shit kicked out of him. It was kind of great, because the dude is not likable. <laughs> he is a scumbag, no. and he is selling out homeless people to knowingly be murdered. Yeah. It's like, it's very rare to see a character in a movie where you, like, I don't care who's kicking the shit out of him. Like, yeah. I'm going to root for it, like, whether it's a good guy beating the shit out of him or the bad guy. Like, yeah, get that guy. Get that guy. That's get that guy. One of the things I love guy. about these 80s and 90s action movies is that uh, they don't do this bullshittery vagueness where like they'll try to flip the script on you on who is the real scumbag like 
No, from the moment you see this guy on screen, you know he's a slimy scumbag fuck who is not a good person. And mm-hmm. he's not, and he plays it up perfectly. I love this guy. He's one of my favorite parts of the whole flick. Mm-hmm. I also love any scene where somebody's getting a massage and there's just a quick switcheroo to like just somebody makes it into the room and just starts kicking the shit out of them. What a great interrogation <laughs> scene. Oh, I fucking love it. What the? Runt if you got all that. Ugh. I didn't hear you. <laughs> also, the way anybody that just comes out chomping on a cigar like that, just, you know, scumbag. Yeah. Perfectly. Unless it's executed. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <sighs> if but it's see, Arnold, he, then it's okay. That's what it. I, there's something just inherently about it because when Arnold does it, it looks cool. And when this guy does the. It's like that perfectly. Uh, encapsulated meme of have you ever seen the guy where he's like yeah. a handsome dude he's like looking good Sharon and she's like thanks and then a gross dude is saying looking good Sharon and she's going hello HR it's <laughs> the exact same thing when Arnold does it it's cool when this guy does it creepy <laughs> I would like to see this guy pregnant like in ju- <laughs> all right it's the one thing Arnold cannot pull Excuse off man. me Junior not a good flick from what I've I never been. seen it it's been so long since I've seen you. <sighs> we are all Man, over the place. I remember here. the I marketing in all of that for for that movie. It was all over the goddamn place around here. But yeah, never saw it. I saw it because I didn't want to. Hanging out with family when you're a kid and you don't have a voice is the worst. I really like, don't want to do that, guys. Well, too bad we're doing it. <laughs> Well, Get in the car, Kyle. Let's go. We're going. We to can see watch Junior. those booby horror movies later. Uh, This—that's the other man. All the worst movies I saw with my dad. I saw Junior with my dad. Saw 101 Dalmatians instead of Beavis and Butthead. Ugh. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the worst. I'm one. not. I'm not sure I've laughed more at a movie in the theater than Beavis and Butthead to America. That's one uh, of the all-time greats, man. One of the uh, 1990s. such a travesty. 96, um, I would have been 13 at the time. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that hit me at just the right... Yeah. Wow, an hour and 15 minutes. That That is a short, short movie. Beavis and Butthead do America's an hour 15? That's yeah. animated. <laughs> they, yeah, that's still short. That's a lot of frames know. that you can cut back. Yeah. I think most of the Disney movies are only like 70-ish minutes, too. Yeah. All really short. Animation's costly. Damn, I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Especially now that you see animated movies coming out. Like, uh, let's date the movie. I think right now there's a movie called Elemental that's out. I think that would probably. I think that one's long too. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like movies now, animated movies are like Everything two just hours is minimum. Long now, anyways. Oh, it's an hour forty-one. See, that's way too long. I guess long it's not that for bad. An hour, yeah, it's movie dog. For any that's movie, way too long for any movie. It's You're over ninety. It. You're pushing it. I say as the guy who still loves to watch the three-hour cut of There Will Be Blood. I'm a sado. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can stick with that one. There's tons of them. So I'm going to ask you guys for a favorite scene, but I'm really saying favorite scenes. So, like, you don't have to just pick one. Uh, What what things really got your goat going here, though, Uh, Phil? Let's start with you, buddy. Hmm. Off the top of my head, I really, I mean, like we had mentioned, it's the only hand-to-hand fight in the movie um, of of note. I really like uh, Van Damme uh, 
kicking the shit out of the four thugs that uh, were robbing Yancey Butler. And apparently looked like they were prepared to sexually assault her in broad very, daylight. Because they were like, well, so, maybe, yeah. a, maybe a little bit more. And then they bend her over the car. And before he steps in, it's like, are, are they really going to rape a woman in broad daylight in the middle of the street? Is this what was going to happen? It's a tough time. Um, right in front of the diner full of people eating lunch, by the way. <laughs> yeah. New Orleans is a terrible, terrible place. <laughs> Never go there. Their um, idea so that one's, dinner in a movie is awful. That one's great. Um, really, everything with uh, Uncle Duvet mm-hmm. is fantastic. Um, my favorite character. I know I said uh, I love uh, Lance Henriksen and Arnold Oslo, but um, Wilfred Brimley is, is top-notch for me. So his introduction... And the ass kick at the beginning are, are the ones I'm going to take away from this. What are your thoughts, Sean? Matt, to touch upon the fight at the beginning, because that's one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Uh, I just love the little, like the little touches and things, how he calls somebody's knife a pig sticker. And I'm like, <laughs> man, that is just, I don't know if it's a location thing or just something that they thought someone there would say, but I, it put a stupid smile on my face. And it's like, I'm remembering it for some, for no reason at all outside of the fact that I'm like, did he just call that a peg sticker? And then I started analyzing it more and I'm like, yeah, I guess that's kind of something that, you know, you just shank somebody with. Anyways, uh, that's the introduction to him with, with his moonshine and just getting hammered. That was great. And a lot of the memorable stuff for me in this movie is just marveling. I I was just so fascinated with how terrible of a shot everybody was in this. Like you have the scene with him and the mummy, right? And they're back to back on opposite sides of the wall. And it's almost like, Phil, did you see John Wick four? I haven't seen any John Wick movie. God, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. So it's just one of those cool scenes where they're on two sides of a wall and, you know, there's the frame there and it's, you know, the camera is, it's just a really cool shot. Yeah. There's a really awesome shot in John Wick 4. You guys got to well, fucking see that movie. I will say, I having not still seen John Wick 4, I guarantee you that scene in John Wick 4 is a homage to John Woo because that's a John Woo staple. In all of his films, the bad guys are against a, a, oh. move, a wall like that. It's an over-the-top thing. Okay, but still... Dude, yeah. it's so fucking sick. That, but that, yeah, it's probably exactly that. And, and the because, of course, uh, the doves make an appearance in this movie as well, but yeah. I, he changed them. Yeah. Because uh, he always has white doves, but again, surprisingly, New Orleans is so a dirty sick. city, so he did pigeons instead. Yes. What is a, what is a, love what that is a little filthy touch. dove? It's a pigeon. Yeah. The, uh, um... But anyways, you Flying you assume wreck. that they're on opposite sides of a wall and they're trying to shoot each other. But no, they're like on opposite sides of a window. Like they can see each other and they suck so badly at they shooting. They are like right when, when Van Damme and... Uh, they're point blank. Uh, they literally turn around and Van Damme has two fucking pistols. And yes! <laughs> He's straight up akimbo. Like, oh my fuck. But my favorite scene, I'm actually saving for for my rating. Okay, fair enough. I got. It's you not to... my favorite scene, but it's a scene that I liked. Um, that Kyle, I'll, I will you? say that that whole final act in the in the Mardi Gras graveyard is that's a fun action sequence. Like everything, him riding down on the ridiculous pelican float, shooting people to you know 
Um, Everybody's the, caught the off bus. guard by this one guy in the open. Yeah, just um, Henriksen summoning henchmen from like the plane of demi plane of motorcycles. He's just got a never ending supply of henchmen coming in. Uh, it's and just again barrels and pigeons flying everywhere. Uh, explosions, sparks. It's a it's a fun fun ending sequence. They just like ditch all all dialogue, all plot, and it's just action, action, action. Um, for for you guys having relatively low action uh, movies in the first two first two movies you guys have done this month, this was a nice way to really yeah. for sure, uh, throw the gate gates open. Which I will also. Also say real quick that um, you just made me think of something. This movie does a really good job of highlighting how important like scenery change can really impact a movie because you do have like three very three drastic things. You have the dirty, grungy city. You have the bayou and then you have the Mardi Gras um, graveyard set. It's three very distinct things. And even someone who if somebody wasn't paying very close attention to this movie those would stick out as three very different acts or parts of this movie it's very well defined where you are at it and it does a very good job of highlighting that it's a lot of that's john woo like staple he he likes to have his characters very obviously go through the hero's journey and that's why he always has the doves for them at the end because that's their their realization and their their goodness coming out at the final moments here. And uh, I just like that Jean-Claude Van Damme gets dirty birds. Including a literal pigeon sitting on his shoulder during the final action sequence as he's <laughs> hiding from the goons. He's, uh, he's one with the, the, what do they call it? Flying rats. Is that what they call pigeons? Yeah. I think so. Um, but yeah. This... What's, your, what's your favorite scenes that oh, we have not uh, mentioned? Favorite scenes, especially ones you guys have not mentioned. Uh, I really liked almost any time Arnold Vosloh was on, just chewing up the scenery and not being mm-hmm. annoying with it. Usually, people that do that are awful. I fucking love every moment this guy is on screen. He's fantastic. Uh, what else? There's a lot of just funny ones, like little things that are funny. Like uh, Sean mentioned one a long time ago that made him laugh. Uh, what with the knife. The- the pig sticker? Not maybe it was pig sticker. There's another one too that just made you giggle. But uh, anyways, outside of all those, again, also this fucking uh, giant explosion of the house in the bayou, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Fan- you know that was uh, like, here's thirty cameras. We get one take at this because this is '90s action. <laughs> we're like, we're gonna blow it uh-huh. up for real. So get everything you can. Man, what a great, great. That's a huge explosion on that fucking building. That thing yeah. goes. Was that? Do they have dynamite too strapped to something? They did. That was, was part that of it. it. Um, that was it. When wasn't they blow it? Yeah. Up, when when Uncle Duvet blows up the still, um, it ends up lighting a bunch of sticks of dynamite. I also feel like they use gas as a fuse at least three different times in this movie. <laughs> but still, yeah. All in all, uh, some fantastic action scenes. Um, I guess we can quantify it like, do you want to see where it compares to the previous Jean-Claude Van Damme's? How, how, how do you guys feel about it overall? Because what have we done? We have done, because I, I, I 
have this number four on my list of favorite Van Damme movies. We have Dumb Blood Sport, which is my number one. Yeah. We got Kick Kickboxer number two. Okay. Uh, double Impact. We did Double number Impact, three, and then this one because we've got two Van Dams, and then this is my yeah. this is my fourth favorite Van Damme movie. Okay. And then number five is. There's like so many, so many Van Damme movies that could be number five. I don't know what I'm gonna do with this oh, next. Man, Double time, Impact was fun. We'll have to get there yeah. in December. I was gonna say I really liked Double Impact. I think Bloodsport might be my number one, but it's a close tie between that and Double Impact. To be honest with you, I really had a lot of fun Bloodsport, with that one. Was I on for that one, or was that Kick Kickboxer? You were on. I for remember Bloodsport being in a Ryan Ryan one. Yeah, Bloodsport was Ryan, and then you were on for Kickboxer and. Everything else since. Yeah. I'm bummed I missed Bloodsport. Bloodsport was what? <clears throat> Phil and I really bonded over that one, too, because I feel like we both grew up. That was one. I watched that all the time on basic cable. Like, that was on yes. every I, Saturday. I had I had that recorded on VHS. So yeah. We had. I, rem- I remember I had a tape of that, which really only begins about halfway through it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All the, all the backstory bullshit was not there. It was just the fights. Which is all you cared about. And I'm sure you had some awesome commercials <laughs> on that tape, too. Mm-hmm. Those 90s com- That's the best part about watching those old tapes. Um, yeah. I, that's where I would put it. Uh, any other scenes, you guys, or anything you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Do our ratings? Just this last IMDb trivia fact, which uh, I do not know if it is true or not, because uh, as we have learned from the Caped Boys slash the Any- Beer Me Boys, yeah. anyone can put this on here. Um, this one says, Director Wu was adamant Fushan should display a subtle Oedipus complex. Fushan is a... Uh, Henriksen's character. Mm-hmm. Wu settled on the repeated double-handed hair slick gesture for Fushan to signify a clear desire for him to be back in the birthing canal. It's very stretched. <laughs> then... So yeah, every every time he slicked his hair back, and he does it like four or five times. Uh, apparently, that was um, that was a, a vaginal, um, subtle vaginal uh, symbology there symbolism if you will i'm really gonna think twice about what the hell i do with my hair over the next couple of days at work <laughs> and uh-huh. that was uh never know who's looking but they Jesus. said that was john Wu's idea that's just i don't know zero people found that helpful zero people found that not helpful i'm gonna go log in right now and find that unhelpful i feel that was dave's doing i'm calling it a it was probably dave probably was damn Hmm. Also, I do want to say I had to Google while you guys were talking. I found this mm-hmm. like 40 minutes ago. Uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme in Predator suit. And holy fucking God, have you never am seen I that glad before? that they changed yeah, I have never seen that. And holy Jesus, is that bad. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. bad. It was like it was wow. literally the best possible outcome that he gave it out. Wow. Really was, Yo, Predator would have flopped like a fish, dude. Wow. Would have definitely bombed, man. Um, so bad. Look it up, folks. If you have not seen that, just type in Predator Jean-Claude Van Damme and click on images. Woof. <laughs> Woof. Um, uh, all right, so ratings. Uh, Shawnee, you've mm-hmm. got yours figured out, so I figure we'll start with you, and then go me, and we'll let Phil take it out? Yeah. Okay, because I still don't know my So, name. Kyle. Yeah, buddy. 
There's a scene in this movie uh-huh. that I pick up on really stupid things for some reason. Like the shit that like it's clearly done on purpose. But I'm like, why? Why was that done? There is a scene where he kills a guy. Right. And he goes to steal the guy's gun from his holster and shoot a guy that's coming in behind him. He's got plenty of time. But I don't know. Instead of grabbing the gun and just like flipping it in his hand and shooting like a normal person, he holds it with a barrel coming underneath. Like he's <laughs> holding this pistol upside down in his hand in the most ridiculous way and then goes like this bah, 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 and like uses his underhand on the trigger. It was so stupid and over the top, and I loved every fucking second of it. Kyle, if that gun, if you somehow. Turned into Jean-Claude Van Damme, and you massacred this dude with your sweet-ass toes, right? And you stole his gun, and you went to shoot a guy behind you. And this gun had, like, I don't know, 18 bullets in it. Let's say it's got an extended whatever. And you just went, pop, 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 with your fingers. How many pop, 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 pops are you going to give it? Out of 18 of them bad boy bullets, I am probably going to dump 15 of them into this guy. By no means, as uh, to be expected, is a a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie a perfect movie. I think this one is a bit more elevated, being a John Woo flick. Um, But I feel most of the John Woo-ness is Jean-Claude Van Damme'd out. Um, Because for a lot of it, it feels kind of generic, action-y, movie-y. There's not a lot of meat to it. But it is still... that's. Sounds like I'm shitting on it a lot, which I'm not meaning to, because this is a fucking awesome action movie. It has a fantastic fight. Of course, John Woo knows how to direct gunfights to make them exciting, even if they are ridiculous. That's what you get in a John Woo movie, and uh, he delivers that in spades here. So, yeah, 15 out of 18. It's pretty overall... What is that? An A? That's... It's yeah, like an 85%-ish. 83 and the law of averages a B, maybe? I feel good with yeah. a B plus, A minus. We'll quantify it in that range. Damn, though, you I went bullets. Because I was, before you started talking, I was like, ooh, I know, I'll do bullets. That'll be great. What I could do is change it instead of how many ba 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 bas does he get? Let's say he has 18 fingers. How many fingers <laughs> would he shove into that trigger and go pop, pop, pop with his fingers? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, so you gave I got it 15 one, fingers. I got one for you, Phil, and I'll try not to <laughs> take yours. Okay. Um, I've got a backup. I just I just came up with a backup in my head. Okay. If you, Phil, were, let's say, a seedy pornographer, and you hired homeless guys to pass out, let's say... A hundred flyers of pornographic material. Uh, how many of those actual flyers will those homeless men pass out out of a hundred? With a hundred being the best possible score. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and stretch my imagination to <laughs> be a dude who's really into pornography. Here for a <laughs> um... Really, really got to think outside the box on this one. <laughs> Phone a friend. Out of a hundred pornography flyers, uh, I think, I think, 
eight are are finding their way into the gutter, but 92 of them are going to make their way into uh, wanted hands, um, or maybe unwanted hands, but I'm going to get the job done on 92 of those um, sex phone line Absolutely. Flyers. That's pretty high rate of return there. Hell yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, I love this movie. This thing's great. This one was fantastic. Again, I cannot reiterate how amazing the snake punch scene is. How ridiculous how much of a tone it sets up. Just watch Look that. Look it up, folks. Watch Just that one. Just go on to whatever chat chat app you have and type in Snake Punch, and it'll you will come get up there. in your guess. promise you. Yeah. And then when it... Johnny here's Boy. the thing. Come, come to mm. the Experience Grind Facebook, post the, the Snake Punch gif or gif in our comments. <laughs> yeah, gifs and chats, folks. Gifs and chats. It is one of the most ridiculous scenes i've ever seen in a movie like bar none like i'm not even being uh, hyperbolic if that's the word probably not what's great about it is you can watch it outside of the movie and it still makes as much context as it does within the movie (laughs) it's so true (laughs) so dumb all right phil john yo you are you are being hunted for sport with a belt containing $10,000, and you've got to make your way from one end of New Orleans to the other. It's a 10-mile journey to get to the water. How close in those 10 miles, how close do you get to the water before uh, Fouchon and Pick Van Cleef get you? Oh, man. You know I'm not giving this a perfect score, so I hate that no. you're killing me off, Bill. <laughs> I hate that you're killing me off, man. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a backup. <laughs> That's so fucked up, dude. Um, I'm going to give this movie shit. I'm going to make it... Um, I'll, I'll make it eight miles and some change. Right, I Eminem. Yeah, I eight miles in like a good amount of change. Like I'm not gonna give a nine mile, you know, eight mile. Wow, I hate me. Um, <laughs> it's it, <laughs> it's good. It flies. All of the scenes. What I really loved about this movie is even if it's even a trend with these movies are even if it's not great, it's super entertaining and sometimes. That's okay too. In the not most, in the most not intended ways, or it is intended to be that ridiculous and out there. But you can't peel your eyes from the screen. And as much as I wanted to start a Diablo seasonal character while this was going, like I couldn't not look, stop looking at my other monitor. I'm like, this is, this is too much fun. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I give this is a high recommendation for me. If anybody just wants a fun ridiculous action movie to kill an hour and a half on a Saturday morning. Pop this bad boy on. I think it's streaming on Amazon. You have to rent it. Yeah, that's what we did. But uh, Or buy it. Movies now are so easy to rent. (laughs) Or buy it. I I I bought it. uh, So far as uh, as Phil has shown us four times now, uh, if you're looking for a good action movie to just chill out to, you can't go wrong with a Jean-Claude yet. Until you do, I'm sure we'll get there at some point. But so far, the the uh, well the well runs dry. (laughs) (laughs) 
sooner. <laughs> it ran dry for him. Yeah. It'll run dry for us. For me, I remember That's... it drying up around Street Fighter. Well, then we just get into having fun with the movies in we're, different we're ways. We're still going to have a goddamn blast. I know that. Because I fucking there... love you, Phil, and I love every time you come on, buddy. I love you, I boys. Think, I think Sean and I will both happily on. admit one of the big reasons we wanted to extend this month another one is so we could have you on back frequently. We we love having Phil on. We're like, we can't, we got to have him on more than once a year, man. So there it, Brooks, Brooks gets his own month. Yeah. I can be on for twice a year. <laughs> Legitimately, since, since uh, December, um, at least once a month, I'm like, man, we got to have Phil on soon. Like at least once a month, I say that. I don't even know if it's on air. I think it's just like chatting before or after the show. I'm like, dude, we gotta have Phil. Hey, when's Phil here. coming back? I like, I like yeah. you, Kyle, but when are we gonna have Phil back? <laughs> yeah, uh, also, it's just fun. Also, action movies so much more of a deeper well to draw from than stoner movies. So very much I'm so. Happy to be doing that, dude. I guess. Yeah. We we're, there's so many we can easily ex- add a whole fucking another month of it and totally be fine. I'm not worried at all. We we want to because as Sean and I will both admit we've had so much fun doing the action movies. We want to do more of them, and there is a huge yeah. well to get into. So, speaking and of then, which, like, do you guys? You, sorry, go ahead. Then we can do things like we did the first year where we we didn't quite call it action movies, but we did the ones. Remember that that summer where we just did uh, we did animal like the the animal movies. So we did the Meg. We did the one with the crocodile. The Meg 2 is coming out this summer. I can't fucking wait. I know. I I mean, but you you could do action movie without calling it that. Oh, yeah. You legit could do a hunting people for sport movie month. Yes. in, In August. Love it. Love it. I'm also going to uh, right now say that because I need to commit to this or else I'm going to be hit with anxiety as it comes closer. My pick for next December is Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Mm, yes. Good pull, man. That is an amazing choice. That's axle number five. Um, yeah. Uh Phil, we're going to look for any and every excuse we can have to have you back on as frequently as possible. So, I don't know. Maybe we talk about another movie before we get to December. We'll see. It's a long ways away. And I, I, I we, am a phone call away. We just like you, buddy. Fuck yeah. So, uh, thanks, as always, for coming on, hanging out with us, man. I love it. Can I Can I ask you guys one last question? Go ahead, buddy. What's on the docket for next week? So, I believe we're starting with... Uh, as is tradition, our last episode has historically been Die Hard with uh, Ryan and Michael. We are out of Die Hards. And uh, we, we no. did a lot of discussion, and I think the consensus was uh, it was down between Lethal Weapon or Rush Hour. Uh, I think we, we've said we're going with the Lethal Weapon series. That's the right choice. So we, we will Which s- is, I will say, I'm relieved mm-hmm. because I really, really, really don't want to watch the Rush Hour movies again. Fair enough. <laughs> Give me a couple of years <laughs> we'll of see where Lethal we get Weapons. There. I'm excited. <laughs> I have only seen uh, Lethal Weapon 1 in recent memory. Uh, I don't remember anything about any of them outside of Joe Pesci shows up. And I think also Chris Rock. Eventually. Three and then four. Okay, so Chris Rock, I want to say, is the Jet Li villain one in four. 
Oh, Jet Li's it. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's, there's a there's a is, whole he's like blonde. Is he not trafficking? There's a whole yeah. Pesci's blonde, but there's like a whole. Well, maybe Pesci is in three, and then he comes back in four. There's like a whole human trafficking thing in four. I'm excited to get into it. What I'm very excited about. Okay, I've never seen a Lethal Weapon um, (gasps) at all. I've seen like bits and pieces. I'm very excited to finally jump into this. But okay, we do Lethal Weapon one now, two in December, three next summer, four in December. In two summers time, we're going to be covering... Always sunny in Philadelphia, where they pitched the fifth lethal weapon. I would absolutely do those. We could 100% grab those and just throw them in on some of them. I'm into that. Yeah, sure. Question is, where do you find, where do you even find those? So I'm streaming. I own every Always Sunny on DVD. So I have those in hard no, so you should just like uh block out those episodes, right? Just get a you know an itinerary. And then you watch it, and then we just have this this mailing uh, session yeah, so where it gets mailed from person to person. I should I'm sure there's an easier way, but let's do it old school. Let's red box it. <laughs> okay. I'm into that. So I will, I there is a Lethal Weapon a 5. In production. Wait, right? an actual one? Yeah, I think they're actually in that production is, on it. Yeah. So if and you guys time this right, you guys can do Lethal Weapon 5 at the end of this. And at some point, there's also the movie Maverick we can talk about, which is a Western version of Lethal Weapon, uh. starring Mel Gibson and Danny Glover still. And <laughs> what? Danny Glover even says the line, I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm pretty sure he's in that. I don't know if he is. Am I making this up now? No, I got. I hope it's forward. Donald Glover. It's not Donald Glover, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just close. I always liked Matt. Jody Foster's in that too. Wild. Wild, wild. Well, yeah. I look forward to next week. We'll get there. It's gonna be a good time. Um Very until excited. Then, Phil, thank you. I love you. Sean, thank you. I love you. Uh Kyle, thank you. I love you. Phil, why don't you tell the listeners what they can do, buddy? Or wait, did I just cut uh, you off, Sean? I'm sorry. No, uh, I was doing this, and I was going to say, yeah, that's right, Kyle. You love yourself. I do. I do. Yeah. You can. It, it, there's nothing set. You can tell the listeners to do whatever the hell you want. Let me let me get the pronunciation right here. Uh... It's shotgun. What to faire Of course, it's French for go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>